Drew Dixon from Love Vineyard back with you for another Bible Thump. This is where we open the Bible and find some encouragement and hopefully some hope. So uh, I'm going to read from 1 Peter 5, um, verse 1. All right, this is what the Apostle Peter writes. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. All right, so... um. This is a really straightforward passage, so this one might be a bit shorter than most, because um, what Peter's saying is like simultaneously like really obvious and and sort of one of those things of like, hey, here's what a good leader looks like. And it's it's like, yeah, duh, right? <laughs> like a, a good leader is one who does so willingly, not out of compulsion. In other words, not out of obligation, not because he feels like he have to, um, doesn't do it out of greed. Uh, a good leader leads in a way that's it's not about the money, but it's about the care and guidance and direction of people. Um, I think a good leader feels compelled to lead other people um, because that leader loves them. This is, and of course, we're talking about Christian leadership here. Um, so it's like, you know, not not for money, but for care and guidance and protection and a desire to see people flourish. So um, I think, like, for a lot of us, this is like, well, of course, this is what a good leader looks like. Um, why does Peter need to write these things? And the reason is because we see so many examples of leadership that ends up not working out this way. Like, we have this ideal of leadership. I think we know these things ought to be a part of what a good leader looks like. But what kind of leader are we actually drawn to? Think about it. Um, we like the leader who's a bit flashy, don't we? Like who has charisma. We like leaders who look good. Um, if we're honest, we like attractive leaders, <laughs> right? Our culture values physical appearance, doesn't it? I mean, we see examples of that all over the place. Like how many people are passed up for leadership roles, um, for physical reasons, right? Because they don't meet a certain um, assumed look of what a leader should look like. Um, and gosh, like, yes, so many leaders start out, I think, with pure motives, with this desire to be like... Um, so yeah, let's talk about leaders themselves, not just our not just what we want in a leader, but leaders themselves. So many leaders start out with maybe some of these ideals of like, I'm not doing this for the money, I'm not doing this for greed, I'm not doing this for my reputation. But... Yeah, there are so many opportunities in our culture to lean into greed, to lean into power and reputation, right? I mean, social media presents us with this opportunity all the time. Like, if you become uh, a Christian leader, like, all of a sudden there's this temptation to, like, prove your worth um, on social media, to gain a huge social media following, to have a platform, right? To speak at big events, to write books, um, whether they're good or not, <laughs> but just to write books because, hey, um, you're getting your brand out there. Um, 
And this is the reality of the world that we live in, the social media saturated world we live in. Everyone is a brand, whether you recognize it or not. Like we're selling ourselves constantly on the internet. Um, and you can see how the context in which we live can begin to shift and shape and redirect what it means to be like a leader in the church or what, what it ought to mean, like what it should look like begins to shift. And it becomes less about like leading people's hearts towards Jesus and less about like loving our neighbor and, and seeing to it that the people around us flourish and grow and are, are provided for. And it becomes more about my reputation, my name, uh, my glory, my wealth, my security. And by the way, I think churches should provide um, generously. Having been uh, in that situation before, I think churches should provide generously to those who are leaders among them. Um, and I think that's, by the way, uh, if I hadn't made that clear, I think that's who Peter's addressing here. The elders among you are pastors, are teachers, are ministry leaders in the church, right? Um, okay, so that said, what does this mean for us? Like, why is this actually, this is actually radical though. These, te these teachings are actually pretty radical, are pretty like countercultural because it just cements what we're supposed to be as followers of Jesus. And this is a picture, by the way, right, of the kind of leadership that, that, that Peter wants for the church is a picture of like who we should be. Um, when we look at like the design, the intention for a good leader in the church, that should give us an idea of the design, the intention for, for us, for how we ought to live. So um, as an elder, elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as one who, one who shares in the glory about to be revealed, shepherd God's flock among you. Guide them. Don't <laughs> whoop them. <laughs> Guide them. Uh, don't, don't be over, don't be domineering, but willingly guide them um, as God would have you, not for greed, for money, right? But eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples, setting a good example, like um, hopefully like there's this compulsion in us to set a good example for the people around, of, uh, around us of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And, and then he says in the same way, and he says, when you do, when Christ appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. So that's the hope we have for doing this, is that we're going to be rewarded. Christ will see our obedience and reward it. In the same way you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So here's how Peter wraps all this up. He says, the kind of attitude I'm encouraging leaders to have is the kind of attitude I want everybody in the church to have. And by the way, he's not telling people who are young to submit to the elders no matter what. Uh, do not hear him saying that like you have this obligation to follow leaders in their folly. You don't. If you see a leader that's being really selfish and greedy and um, is hurting the flock, there is no command here to obey them blindly, period. So let go of that. That's not what Peter says. But in so much as those leaders are, are setting an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus, follow them. And I think we need to try to assume positive intent for the leaders in our midst. Yes, there are horrible injustices committed by leaders, and when you see those things, we should call them out. We should hold them to account to live according to this type of standard that Peter lays forth. We don't mess with that junk. 
don't mess with it. If a leader's being abusive, if a leader's covering up abuse, uh, that needs to be called out, period. Okay? That said, I think there's still, like, I mean, I can't quantify this, okay? But I think there's, like, a majority of leaders out there that love their people, that want to see them flourish, that want to see them grow. And, and if that's you... And by the way, these leaders aren't perfect. Don't hold them to a standard that you'll never measure up to and that no one could ever measure up to. Let's show some grace. But in so much as those leaders are, are, are pointing you to Jesus, love them, respect them, follow their example. Make their jobs a little bit easier by being a joy to work with. Um, humble yourselves. Why? Towards one another. This is the posture... Um, we're called to in the church is to humble ourselves towards one another. Why? Because here's God's posture. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't want to be resisted by God. I want that grace. Don't you? So let's consider our posture towards leaders, but also towards one another. Who's someone you could approach more humbly this week? And by approaching them a little more humbly, how might God um, draw you closer to one another? Bring healing, build the church, serve your community, love your neighbors, um, lift up people in need. Sound good? All right. We'll see you next week.